Good evening. I'm Vicki Close with Farm Diggity. And tonight we're going to discuss the whys, the worries, and the wonders of winning. And the winner is, well, would that be you? You may say, no, I never win, or yes, I'm really lucky I win all the time. I've spent the last 17 years seriously thinking about winning. I love to win, but that isn't why the subject keeps me up at night. It's the mystery of winning and winners and losers, for that matter, that makes me ponder the subject. Why do people win? How do they win? And how do they win over and over again? Also, why do they lose? Sometimes perpetually. Have you ever noticed it's predictable? Have you ever considered why? You may say that they're not dedicated enough or they win because they're talented or they have a great dog. There might be several answers to that question and all of them may be correct. But why? It would be a good time for a disclaimer. I'm not a sports therapist. I don't even play one on TV. I have no training in that sort of thing. I'm an expert on this subject, only in the hours of contemplation. If you've seen some of my interviews, you may recall I ask most people a question. Why do you win? Here are some of the answers I've gotten in the past. I'm lucky to have a certain dog or a horse, or I'm picky about the dogs I keep, or I have a lot of dogs to choose from. While they are trying to be humble and also answer the question, they never do dial in on why they win. Honestly, I don't think they know themselves. Here's the truth of why they win often. They can't help it. They can't help but win. I'm not saying that they will be first every single time, but for the most part, they will win repeatedly. You see, that has become their agreement with life. Life said you're a winner, and they've agreed to it. I've seen this firsthand with my own father. He has a habit of winning. He wins most everything he seriously does. For example, my dad decided to enter a snowmobile race. He had no experience. He wasn't a snowmobile racer. I mean, he had one. He would take hunting, but that, that was it. Have you ever heard of the Iron Dog? Its predecessor was called the Grueling 880. It's 880 miles from Nana to Nome, Alaska. I was eight years old, but I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a four-man team back then. So my dad gets three of his friends together, and they enter, mainly for adventure. But along the way, the competition became heated, and there was no other choice. He had to win. And win, they did. You see, my dad has an agreement with the universe. Let's switch sports to archery. Our whole family had a bow and we were shooting together at what you call a 3D shoot. It was a family outing and dad was mostly making sure that everyone wasn't losing their arrows until we came upon the money shot. It's a target that they place a very long distance away. It has a little dot on it. You know, the kind that tells you you're getting a big discount. One of those little orange dots. Well, you pay money and you get two shots. The first person to shoot the little dot gets the whole pot. Well, this was a two-day event and it was the end of the second day. No one had successfully shot the dot, so there was quite a pile of money to win. 
Now I know my dad, and that is motivation, but not the kind of motivation that will make him bear down and guarantee the win. But then things changed. The target was a huge dinosaur, and all in good fun the heckling began. A few of the younger men started to tease him. They made a comment that surely my dad, being as old as dirt, would recognize a dinosaur. And that was the moment I knew. There would be no choice for him. He would have to win. He pulled his bow back and missed. The heckling grew louder and more aggressive. Well, that should do it, I thought. He had one shot left, and I was more convinced than ever. He gave it a moment, pulled his bow back, and thug, it went. Heckling became silence. My mother, with her smug smile, collected the money like she's done so many other times, knowing there could be no other outcome. Dad suggested to the young men heckling him that he being alive when the dinosaurs roamed the earth might be why they were extinct. And off we went, a few hundred richer, and with the agreement he has made so long ago intact. That brings me to my mother, who also has an agreement with the world that she will win, and she does often. Often enough that the entire family gangs up to try to beat her. She wins at cards, dice games, wee bowling, what have you. She knows she'll generally win, and she generally wins. When you're a kid, you don't think much about this. It's just what it is. But it really came to my attention when I started to run dogs. I had some luck early on in the novice. However, when I moved into the open, just like every single other person, I struggled. I remember coming back from a trial and explaining that not only did I not win, I didn't even do well. I never forget the look on my parents' face. My dad looked at my mom as if she needed to grab a thermometer and take my temperature. Well, are you okay? Yes. Well, what's wrong? Is your dog sick? They were so concerned. No, I just didn't win. It's hard. It's above my pay grade. I don't know what I'm doing out there, and there's a lot of really good handlers. I tried to explain, and they tried to listen, but their face said it all. This isn't our agreement with the universe. I quit trying to explain and went home, but the feeling stuck with me. Why didn't they get it? Why would they think I could win? You see, they had no other way to think. That brings us to losing. There can be more to learn from losing than winning, and trust me, I've done my fair share of that. Losing has actually advanced me further than winning, especially the hard losses, and I value the lessons I've learned from every so-called failure I have had. But here's where it gets interesting. Often people will lose on purpose. Yes, you've heard that right. I have witnessed firsthand people that are winning that will miss a panel. Of course, that can be due to several reasons like overtrying, pressure, or loss of focus. But often, it's because winning is not their agreement. It's not who they are or what they do. So they quit trying. You can see it on their face. It's almost a relief when they take themselves out of the win. They get back to their comfort zone and into the role that life has taught them to play. They don't win. And to this, they have agreed and shook on it. Of course, most people don't see themselves as losers, but they also don't see themselves as winners. 
Does this statement fit you? If it does, and you'd like to change that, keep listening. Self-help books will tell you that you need to think like a winner. Try positive thinking, even role play. Close your eyes and see yourself winning. That's all good and fine unless you don't see yourself as a winner. You'll be going through your run or sport doing visualization and you'll get to a critical point like the last target or a panel and you'll see yourself miss it. Or you will get into the shedding ring and in your mind you won't be able to get your shed or your horse will trip on the last turn. Has this happened to you? This is the problem with just visualizing or imagining you're the winner. Sometimes we just don't believe it. We start arguing with our mind. When this happens, you are accidentally reinforcing your negative thoughts. Your mind stops you and tells you why you won't win. You're lazy. You're not prepared. You didn't work your dog enough. You lack talent. Others are way better. The losing tape is running in your head. The more you try to fix it, the more it reinforces the negative. Yes, visualization can actually be a negative instead of a positive. Do I still do it? Yes, absolutely, but with a twist. More of that to come. To really change, we need a new agreement with life. That is easier said than done. You can hype yourself up with positive affirmations like, she believed she could, so she did. It may work short term, but when the hype fades, so does the wind beneath your wings. And back on the ground, you are just where you started. What is needed is a long-term change in your thinking, much like a whole lifestyle change rather than a fad diet. Getting to the bottom of what's holding you back is critical. I'm not talking about the physical shortcomings like poor vision and such. I'm talking about the mental stumbling blocks. Here's a big one. I call it the bad side of winning. Yes, there's a bad side of winning, one of which is pressure. The pressure can end for the competitor that falls in the middle of the pack. There's no pressure to advance to the next round. There's no pressure to hold on to the win. Being in the middle of the pack means you're respectable, but not the target at the top. Wait, is there a target at the top? Yes, it's true. Oftentimes, people that tend to win while being respected and adored can also become targets. Winning is associated with beating people, and beating people is associated with people that surely can't be that nice. Likewise, the one at the top is the one to beat. Ever hear someone say, I even beat so-and-so? The last time I heard that, I was at a sheepdog trial. It was the pro-novice class. A top handler was running, and his run went to hell. I looked around and soaked up the vibe. The faces glowed and the muttering flowed. No one was really being evil, but there was joy in the air. Someone said, well, I guess we are all human after all now, aren't we? Another said, well, I can say I beat him today. Regarding the latter, I didn't have the heart to mention that the guy in the field was running a dog not yet too. And yours is six. But here's the point. No one is really aiming to beat the guy in 15th place. For some, that pressure keeps them on the top. For others, it keeps them out of the top. Basically, what we're dealing with here is a thinking problem. 
how we think about winning and winners and how we think about losing for that matter is very important. If you want to go in a different direction, the first thing we have to change is our mind. Ask yourself the hard questions. How do I view winning? How do I feel about the people that win more often than me? Am I actually happier when they fail? Do I feel like they didn't deserve the win? Do I sign them negative feelings? I'll give you an example of this. They're arrogant. They have no life. I wouldn't want to be their dog. Can you imagine the money they spend? They will do anything to win. And the very best one I've ever heard, they don't even like dogs. Here's another example. You will have an evenly matched people. Maybe they started out in the sport together. Let's say they're mediocre competitors. And then one takes off and starts winning. Oh goodness, the outcry from this situation can get ruthless. Comments like, her dog is weak. The judge did this or that. He has the money to buy whatever he wants. These little darts fire off of our tongues and out of the lips of friends and foe, only to their very own detriment. When we associate negative feelings with winners, we are telling ourselves winning is bad. You are telling your brain to avoid this very thing. It's not often that someone that despises the rich will become wealthy. Need more proof? Okay, here it is. What is the last wonderful thing you used to love to eat that you inadvertently threw up? Eat pepperoni pizza, get the flu, and years later just the thought can turn your stomach. Same great pizza. Be careful what you think. Be even more careful how you feel. Here is a visual to change your mind. Imagine if you and two friends went hiking and accidentally fell down a mine shaft. You've been trying to climb out, only to slide back down the shaft. You've made a pact to stay together, but it's been two days since you've eaten, you're muddy and cold, and things are looking dire. Against the other's wishes, one person decides to go it alone and takes off through a long, dark tunnel. After hours and hours of waiting, you finally hear them call from the top. They've made their way out. Are you angry at them for advancing without you? No. Do you feel it was unfair they got there first? Why, you're still stuck in the hole? Hell no. Why? Because it's proof there's a way out. And maybe even help is on the way. That is exactly how we should feel when a competitor that is close to our skill level forges ahead. If they can do it, you can do it. Hooray, we're not all going to die in the novice. This actually happened to me. I'll never forget the day that someone I ran against in the lower classes made it in the double lift at Soldier Hollow. It was a glorious day. To celebrate, I photographed her dog in the sunflowers. To me, it could only mean one thing. One day, I would be there too. Embrace winning. How can you do that? when winning isn't something you do often, or ever. Here's how. I told you at the beginning that I love to win, and I do. Winning gives your brain a hit of dopamine that is marvelous. 
It's like the feeling that you used to get when your dad would drive that big old Buick over the top of the hill just a little too fast and your stomach would drop and the giggles would rise. It's like those fluttery butterflies that you feel when you're in love. That's what winning feels like and it's glorious. But here's a secret. To feel a good measure of that feeling, you don't actually have to win yourself. You can grab a hold of a shirt tail and ride the win with them. You can imagine how the winner feels when they call their mom and tell them they won. Look in their eyes when they're trying to be humble walking off the field knowing they just laid it down. You will see their joy and soak it up into your very bones. Their win can actually be your win. Have you ever went on a journey and never left your house through a great book or a friend's stories? It's much the same. You see, every event is won by somebody. There is a wave to catch and a thrill to ride. Ride it like it's your own. The best runs I've ever made is when someone lays it down in front of me. Their visualization becomes my visualization. They are flesh and blood, and I am flesh and blood. I feel good about what they've done, and I feel good about what I will do. They deserve a win, and I will deserve a win. But how about the losses? How do you handle the agonizing, horrible disappointments? Personally, I go to my trailer and cry about it. I get mad as hell, discouraged, and even depressed. But never, ever do I allow myself to be bitter against the winner or the win. Is this because I'm so nice? Well, I'd like to think so, but the truth is, I know better. After I say all the bad words needed to get that disappointment out, I get busy. I visualize my run and I fix it. I'm suddenly making my shed, getting the pen or whatever I needed to do to make my run perfect. I now know where I went wrong, and so I clean it up. The real in my head is flawless. You see, I have also made an agreement with the universe. I like winning, and it can be no other way. At night, I let my mind wander to the person that actually won the event, and I think about how they are feeling. Their excitement is probably keeping them from sleep. Maybe they are secretly kissing their dog and whispering to them that they were so good today, feeding them a special tidbit while they're answering their friend's congratulatory text. That feels good. Yes, I get back on the ride and embrace the win with the assured expectations of the good things that always happen to little old me. As tomorrow is another chance to ride the wave and win. This is Farm Diggity. I'm Vicki Close. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast.